0: Holly.
1: Hey Dave. What is
0: going on today on uh, the What Differences Make podcast?
1: Which is part of the Pantheon podcast family. Today's another great day. I love talking to radio people. How about you?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, this is a radio person who is based in Nashville, Tennessee. He works for Lightning 100, WRLT. This is the Reverend Keith Coase. And you might ask yourself, the Reverend? <laughs> and we will <laughs> say.
1: closely, and you'll find out how he came to be ordained.
0: He is an ordained minister. He's also a fake music fan, which is why we want to get him in here and talk about music played on L.A. radio station KROQ in 1985.
1: Guests in year-end chart, songs number 60 to 51. We'll chat a little bit about those and the music and the videos.
0: Yeah, so this one was a little obscure. A lot of songs didn't necessarily make it big. And because Keith is based in the Midwest, a lot of this is new to him. So that was kind of interesting. You got to hear a lot of new music from 1985.
1: So we're doing this with the Reverend Keith Coase today, but also there will be outtakes from this interview on our YouTube channel. So just look for the What Difference Does It Make podcast on YouTube, and you'll find quite a few outtakes.
0: We're going to get a little bit into the Reverend's story and learn a lot about him and what makes him tick and what his interests are. So uh, let's dive right in right now. This is the Reverend Keith Coase on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Greetings.
2: Greetings.
0: Greetings. All right.
2: This should be interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the music you sent me was uh, stuff I hadn't heard in a long time. and A few of them I'd, I'd heard the bands, but I hadn't heard the song before, so... It was a trip back in the Wayback Machine.
0: Yes, it certainly is. And that's kind of the reason we're doing that is uh, just to kind of rediscover some new old music and some old, old bands and some bands that time forgot. Um, we like the
1: Wayback Machine.
0: It really is the Wayback Machine. Let's go way back. Uh, you gave me a little primer. Like I was wondering, whoa, before you became the Reverend, you were just uh, Keith and you were at Vanderbilt in 1985? Or sort you know, of? Tennessee
2: worked, State. <laughs> well, I went to school at Tennessee State, but I worked at Vanderbilt's radio station for four years. I worked there from 1980 to 1984. And then I got fired because I found out I didn't go to school there.
0: So, uh, so where you were at, did they have a radio station there? And they
2: had a, a closed closed circuit or whatever it's called. It's like campus only, but Vanderbilt Station, you could hear it all over Nashville. Okay. And, and I, heard, I heard about it, and they were having a DJ drive. So I went and signed up and got a shift. They never asked if I went to school there. I was the same age as all the students, and they just assumed that I went to school there.
0: Right. What kind of idiot would, uh, would, uh, would want to be on a radio station in Vanderbilt?
2: It was like the cool rock station because yeah. um, back in the 80s, we played like the Pretenders and Elvis Costello, Joe Jackson, the police. And the, the, the rock station was playing Journey and Corner, and all the bands that are now classic rock, so we were the cool people.
1: So is that a thing? I, I never really thought about that. Are, is it a requirement that you attend the school where the radio station is? I, I, it wouldn't occur to me to go elsewhere if I was a student somewhere, but I, is that made clear to you that you're supposed to be a student?
2: They never told me that that there was a rule. So I just signed up and I worked okay. there for four years. I was the music director the last two years. Pretty good.
0: And who is who is the weasel who pulled the plug on you?
2: Some guy who wanted to be the new music director. <laughs> oh,
0: betrayed. Oh my god. A yeah,
1: but then that skyrocketed you, right? You, you moved on to bigger job. and better
2: things.
0: And you knew this was this was what you were you wanted to do. This was this was your life uh, journey.
2: Yeah, I've liked radio ever since I was a kid, and that's all I've ever really done in the last long, long, long time.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things when you know, you know.
2: I've been here almost 30 years.
0: That's amazing. When did, So after Vanderbilt, what, what happened?
2: Where'd you go? Where'd you stop next? I worked at a news talk station called WLAC, which is a 50,000-watt station that covers, like, 30 states and so on. Yeah. And I used to to work on the overnights playing um, religious tapes, like Reverend Ike and sermons and crazy crap. And then I started working the daytime, and I was a sales assistant and a board operator for the talk shows.
0: And it was around this time that you you said you discovered metal music. Is this... uh, this Yes, that is correct. This is the way of the world. Okay, so you made... You made a little turn. You were list initially, like at Vanderbilt. It sounded like it was just kind of like an AOR sort of, just playing all the the new or the newer rock bands. New right. But then there was. So what was what was the band that uh, that turned you?
2: Well, I started doing a metal show when I was at WRPU as well. So was and there a
1: specific band?
2: Not really. I just I just I just loved the music so much. I I love Metallica. I started going to shows and I always got free tickets, so that was cool. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what, to hang out with the band.
0: And what was the club what were the clubs in Nashville? What was what was the metal scene like in Nashville?
2: In the late eighties it was a club called Cells, S A L apostrophe S. And they bought in bands from out of town and everyone there had long hair and wore leather and lots of beer drinking going on. <laughs>
0: Are you watching Pam and Tommy?
2: Uh, I have not watched it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's an interesting story because I'm, I met Motley Crue when they were opening for Ozzy, and my friend worked at Electra, so I went to the in-store with Motley Crue and helped him drink Jack Daniels in the back room before they started signing girls' body parts. <laughs> what was year like, was this? Uh, it was at the Shout at the Devil Tour.
0: Okay, so well, that was like 84?
2: 84? Somewhere around Somewhere around, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I was like, this is cool.
0: Yeah, did you get to cozy up to a number of these guys? Because you were, I mean, at Vanderbilt, you must have, uh, you know, you were the guy. You were the, I mean, you were the guy reporting. I'm sure you were the only metal show in Nashville. So you were the guy that everyone, you know, you had to, you were the gatekeeper.
2: Yeah, I remember going to see Metallica and going back in their dressing room. This was before they had major security yeah and they were like they were like who are you dude and why are you back here and i was like dude i have the metal show i play your music and they were like oh cool and <laughs> i hung out and ate pizza and drank with them you, you, that was back then cliff was in the band
0: yeah did you realize like oh alcoholica is a an appropriate name for this band nickname absolutely
2: i've gotten to hang out with so many of my favorite bands over the years I remember going to see Pantera, and I was back backstage, and uh, Dimebag Daryl was making me drinks. It was like this is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you look like in 1985? I mean, is if you're a metal guy, and how big was the hair? How how leather was the outfit? You know, what's uh, what was?
2: Your... I had I had a biker jacket, but I had a high top fade, nice. like kid in play,
0: <laughs> like you kid. Know, oh, nice. A can' Play reference, the first one I think we've had here.
1: Still a fan. Do you listen to the new stuff? Same genre, um, new stuff?
2: Not as much. I listen a lot to classic metal, Scorpions, Judas Priest, Maiden. Yeah. And I work at, and I work at a AAA station. So <laughs> it's awesome good to have balance. That? I think it was 1984, and I went with my friend, and we drove from Nashville to Los Angeles, and then from L.A. to Seattle. But I listened to K-Rock and heard like the Swedish Eagle and some other really interesting guys. And it was cool to hear cool alternative music on the radio because they didn't happen in most cities back then.
0: Did you ever hang out at the Rainbow Room and uh, shake hands with Lemmy or do anything like that?
2: I have to send you a picture of me and Lemmy. Oh, okay. I I went to L.A. a bunch of, actually I was born there, but I moved to Minnesota when I was a kid. But I used to go to uh, the Foundations Forum which is run by Concrete Marketing. And it was a heavy metal convention.
0: Yeah,
2: And it was a different different hotel every year because they would never let them come back. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd go to the bar and you'd look around and it's like, oh, there's like all the dudes from Sawyer at the bar drinking with Dave Mustaine.
0: I'm sure you broached the idea of adding some sort of metal show on Saturday overnights or something, you know.
2: I've thought about it, but I don't think our owner would like that.
0: Oh,
2: owners, I tell you. He's a cool guy. When I, worked, <laughs> when I left yesterday, our owner is actually the engineer at the station. He was rewiring the production room. That's so cool. At, at 7 o'clock at night, he was working.
0: <laughs> Learning a lot about the Reverend Keith Coase. He is the music director at Lightning 100 in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
1: We're back with the Reverend Keith Coase and chatting about the songs from the K-Rock 1985 year-end chart, number 60 to 51.
0: Okay, you are the music director at WRLT, Lightning, what it? what's the frequency?
2: Lightning 100, it's 100.1 on the FM dial. What?
0: When's your shift? When are you on air? What?
2: My shift is 7 to midnight, so I voice track that every day. Yeah. And then then I'm on Sunday midday as well, so we have a very small staff here at the station.
0: Do you program any differently for your shift than for other people? Can you throw in a a little treat for yourself?
2: Every once in a while, I might uh, toss in something really cool. It's a a throwback song or whatever that people may not have heard in a long time.
1: Maybe one of these. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: It's
0: quite possible. We're talking KROQ in 1985. These are the top 106.7 songs. And we're talking to our favorite music directors and radio industry insiders that, uh, and kind of rediscovering these songs. And the ones that we gave you are 60 to 51 for the Reverend Keith Coase. Everyone calls you Rev. What happened? What, How did you become one of uh, the reverends?
2: How did you become ordained? Probably 20 years ago. Actually, it had to be 30 years ago. Gosh. It's a long time. <laughs> time flies. This this same frequency, but it was a different station. And I did a metal show, and this guys, this company called the Syndicate, they got all the metal directors in CMJ to get ordained on the Universal Life Church. On their website, it takes like two minutes to get ordained. <laughs> and all the so you look at CMJ back in the day, every metal director was named Reverend whatever the, their last name was.
0: That's spectacular. Yeah, I was just joking with Holly. Like, oh, you know, normally you would get tattoos, but you guys especially for metal guys. This was a more metal thing to become a reverend. I love that.
2: It's really cool because my friend worked at the phone company back when I got my cell phone. So my phone bill comes to Reverend Keith Coves. <laughs> and when I when I call people, it shows up on their caller ID as Reverend Coves. It's pretty hilarious. It's
0: the best. Have you used the power of the reverend and married anybody or baptized I'd anybody? Be af- I'd be
2: afraid to. <laughs>
0: Really? Okay, so it's wow. never happened, huh? No no one has ever even requested you.
2: Several people have asked me, but most of my friends that were married are not married.
1: Maybe for their second marriages.
0: We'll get we'll make it happen. Okay, so let's let's get into the music, shall we? Okay. All right. So we're going to start with number 60. This was from nine, from 1985, a band called Wang Chung, which I'm sure you remember as kind of I a do? one as a one-hit wonder. However, this is a song called Fire in the Twilight, which I was reminded was in The Breakfast Club, the movie, the John Hughes classic.
2: Yeah, and I recall when they first came out, I think their name was spelled H-U-A-N-G, Chung.
0: H-U-A-N-G, Chung. Yeah, I saw that on Wikipedia. Really? In Wikipedia, it said Huang Chong. It means yellow bell in Chinese. Did you know that?
2: I did not know that. I had
0: always assumed there was like the sound of a guitar, like Wang Chung was what they were, what that was, but... uh I don't know. Maybe I thought they... it was
1: like some of the other nonsensical.
0: Yeah, like Kaja Gugu or something
1: Kaja like that. Kaja exactly. <laughs>
2: I was not familiar with this song, and when I listened to it this week, I I didn't recall ever hearing it before. So <laughs> it probably never got played in our town.
0: I'm sure Breakfast Club got played in your town. Did you? Uh...
2: I, I've never seen that movie. <gasps>
0: what is happening? What
2: I watched movies like Blazing Saddles and Animal House. <laughs> okay, watches. Um, movies
0: like that. Oh, well, do yourself a favor. Have you seen any John Hughes movies? Like, uh, you know, even like 16 Candles or Pretty and Pink? I don't think so. Really? Are you a horror movie fan? Maybe like. Uh, no, not, not really. Into th- that either. Like, okay. Um, yeah, no Friday the 13th videos, movie.
2: I've seen that before, but no, I'm not really into that. Okay. I mostly watch news and sports and comedies.
1: Dave, did you remember this song?
0: Uh, vaguely, uh, you know, watching the uh, the video was, you know, it was just kind of nice to see Ventura. Ventura Boulevard is in the San Fernando Valley in Studio City, so um, it was just kind of fun to see what uh, the valley looked like back in 1984, 85. She didn't remember. I, I vaguely remembered it. It's a, it's a catchy and you know, <laughs> it's a decent song. Do you like it, Holly?
1: I didn't remember it before, but when I listened to it and watched the video, I, yeah, I remembered it. I did not remember it being in the movie. Yeah. And as you know, I love the movie.
0: (laughs) It's a good one day, Rev. You know, you got a free, some free time on your hands, you know, just pop that in. All right. So then let's just move on from there and go to another uh, weird band. Uh, This is uh, the... Liverpool lads from Liverpool, this is dead or alive. Is that Pete Burns? Pete Burns, indeed, yes.
3: I've been lying here so lonely. I've been wishing you would telephone me. Oh, I just can't lose this desperation. Won't you bring around a new sensation?
1: Did you watch the video for Lover Come Back to Me?
2: Yeah, I watched all of them. It was cool. It just makes me think how cool MTV was and how, how important was people our age.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, it was. I mean, for us, K-Rock and, and MTV are almost, I would say interchangeable, but they go hand in hand.
0: I was also looking at, on Wikipedia, and it's uh, we talk about record store clerks and uh, how mean they were. And apparently, Pete Burns was also... Like one of them, he worked at a record store called Probe Records in Liverpool. And it said that Burns was notorious for his maltreatment of customers, sometimes throwing their purchases at them because he disapproved of their selection. So, you know, it's just like, (laughs) here you go. Oh, Wang Chung, fine. Enjoy that, would you?
2: Back in the day, a record store clerk was the cool job to have.
0: Right. What was your record store of choice? Where did you go in Nashville to get your hits?
2: It was a chain called Katz Records. It was a chain in the southeast, family-owned. They owned a one-stop, and they also owned like seven or eight stores around Tennessee.
0: Nice, Katz K-A-T-Z.
2: No, well, no, C-A-T apostrophe S. Okay, see, we're, we're <laughs> Dave goes for the
0: I go for the Jewish thing. That's uh, yeah. I was that's why I was wondering
1: <laughs> related to the Katz's Deli family.
0: <laughs> not a, apparently not so much.
1: So, did you remember the song?
2: I didn't remember that song either. Once again, songs that probably never got played in my market. And these were from 85, but I quit working in the college station in 84. So,
0: Was there an alternative station or was there, where'd you go to hear new music?
2: Um, the college radio station, mm-hmm. 91 Rock. So that was it. Yeah, that, worked it. yeah. So it
0: was just straight through work. What about when you were in high school? Was there a station that you enjoyed?
2: that was the station, I listened station. To. was
0: okay it was always that that was it and, and it was always and it was just college kids that were running this this yeah. thing At, and
2: some volunteers because during the summertime and during the holidays the students would all go home and we wanted the station to still be on the air so we would get on there and work there
0: yeah and, and you you never got paid there though either did you
2: that's well i got free records and concert tickets yeah
0: you got you got the title that's enough you got the music director title so uh yeah the power and,
2: And experience,
0: and what
1: were we spending our money on other than that anyway? So gasoline, yeah, (laughs) yeah, concert tickets to go,
0: yeah, to go to the shows to drink with Motley Crue. That's that's the that was the that's how you got paid. Um, All right, fifty-eight,
1: Thompson Twins, lay your hands on me.
0: Correct, that was
2: a big hit. That was a big multi-format hit.
0: I'm glad you remembered that one. Okay,
2: (laughs) they had a lot of hit songs. Thompson twins
0: did. Yeah, they were, as we've mentioned, that they you know, they played Live Aid and they were uh, Donna jumped on stage with them, and we, we knew all three members of Thompson twins. I know them am Alana, Tom, and Joe. Those were the twins.
3: This all life seemed much too long. Little going on I couldn't think of what to say. Pas
0: Did you like them? Were you a fan of them? I did. Yeah. I
2: did. I like a lot of different kind of music. So I can do every, everything from alt country to death metal to uh, alternative to uh, Americana. I like a lot of stuff. Even some classic hip hop. So. All
0: right. Moving on to 57, the power station, communication. Now, not a John Hughes fan. Were you a Duran Duran fan?
2: No, not really. No,
0: not um, surprising.
2: I liked him because all the girls liked him. I David understand. Yeah, that.
0: no, I, I I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. It's the REO speed speedwagon rule for me. <laughs> the Girls love that, so I guess okay, I'm gonna like this yeah. too. But Power Station were kind yes. of cool. I mean, it was, um, I, you know, as I was listening to this song, it just Robert Palmer and and Tony Thompson, the drummer. He he just kind of stands out on this track. He's Robert amazing. Robert
2: Palmer was a great singer.
1: Until it
3: drop me a line. need my refined The most turn to reach you
1: Can't get through Our communication depends on me and you
2: Got to stay in touch even though we're on the
1: I didn't recall it.
0: No, it was a single. It hit thirty four on the U.S. charts. Yeah, all you remember really is "Bang a Gong," right?
2: A couple other ones. Yeah. Wasn't "Irresistible"? Was it? Was that Power Station?
0: No, that was just uh, Robert was Palmer. Just Robert Palmer. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, but, maybe it was just "Bang a Gong." Then you're right.
0: But yeah, Robert Palmer. Was, you're right. Just, yeah, just an amazing vocalist, and I, that was a. It was kind of a nice meeting. I, I'm. I was disappointed that when it came to Live Aid. Or when they toured, it wasn't it wasn't Robert Palmer. He was he was just like a one off, and uh, they went with Michael DeBarris to do the uh, the concert shows.
2: Oh yeah, and his wife did something else.
0: Yes, yes, something she kept busy. She
1: she wrote a book <laughs> and then started a podcast.
2: Yeah,
0: okay, number fifty six. This is the alarm, and the song is called Strength.
1: Please tell us you played that one.
2: Well, it was it came out after I was at the College Station. Oh, okay. And we played the Alarm, a lot of different songs by them. But mm. That was not one of. Them. I was a big fan of that band.
0: like this song strength is this uh, something that uh, that appealed to you
2: I, I liked it but it did not sound familiar like i don't think i'd heard it
0: really see that's amazing like you know we were you yeah. know k-rock just kind we of were- ba- banged these songs and that's this is, we heard them constantly you know was k-rock kind of adapted to the the chr principle just like just kind of playing these uh these hits these songs over and over and over so we Became instantly familiar with them
2: living in LA. You probably forget that some people live in cities that didn't have a cool station, yeah. and Unless you worked at a record store or watched MTV, was there was really no way to find out about stuff. I mean, you need to go to the store and buy radio I and mean, buy music magazines. You had to go to the store and ask them if you could listen to it. And some <laughs> stores would let you play songs, but other than that, you're kind of screwed.
0: So, you mentioned MTV. Did you have MTV
2: Did when I was in? College, my friend had MTV. My yeah. parents didn't have cable, so I'd go to his house and watch it.
1: They were busy listening to classical music. <laughs> right, right.
0: If you watch the video, you saw that like, uh, the mullet was a big look back then.
2: It still is in some parts of the country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Some people have a skullet, that is.
0: Oh, just got shaved? Shaved well, on the this is,
2: yeah. They're bald on top, but oh. they still have long hair in the back. Yeah. No. <laughs> not a good look. Not yeah. a good look. That's at.
0: yeah, that's what our people are looking like now. What uh, yeah, what was your style of hair? What did you look like back in eighty five? Was it I mean it was the fade, but what else? I mean, there must have been something else like uh
2: Well, it, it was like went into a mohawk in the back. Okay. So it was it was really different. I, I had a really good barber. I had to go like every two weeks to get my hair trimmed. But it was only like seven dollars back then to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: but it was important. You really had, you had to have that uh, that look.
1: Hair was very important in the eighties.
0: So
2: true. <laughs>
0: number fifty five. This is uh, ABC. Were you familiar with ABC the the band at all? Yeah,
2: the, the look of blood. Okay, was ABC. Yes kind uh, of love. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is a this song is from the album. After that, the song is called "Vanity Kills," and there were two different versions of this this song. The U.S. version, which was kind of like a film noir type thing going on, and then the the U.K. version had, of the video. Yeah, gonna, it was more gonna. performance, but it was all it was like four squares of the band, but they were all doing the same thing. It was just it was almost kind of pointless why they had. Four squares. The whole thing was—I I wasn't a big fan of any of this. Were you a fan of ABC or or this song?
2: I like the band. I'm not familiar with that song. Once again, you probably didn't have it on. You played it in our, in our city, so I hate that I'm not familiar. With what <laughs> I should be with this, but probably after I left the college station, I started listening to more hard rock.
1: We like opinions too. Professional
0: opinions. <laughs> A, you guys do like a 80s or a flashback or anything like that at the station
2: we used to have that for probably 20 years we did a retro show but we haven't lately and nowadays you could almost do a retro show of like 90s music oh
0: yeah of the aughts you got to do you know on sirius xm one of my favorite stations is indie 1.0 where they're playing like uh yeah. indie artists from from uh, the 2000s you know remember clap your hands say yeah you know that's you know that that type of stuff like
2: yeah, it's It makes me feel a little old when I um, look back at some of these bands and then I think that, well, U2's been around for 30 years or more and Chili Peppers have been around for 30 years. And those guys are all in their 50s now. It's like, whoa.
0: Yeah, They're, they're
1: supposed to be the We age, but they're supposed to be the same. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Now, okay, so Red Hot Chili Peppers, they have a new song out. Is that something that uh, you guys look into the, to play because they're – old and everyone knows them. Uh, you
2: play them. You play the new song and uh, they're coming to play their football stadium this summer. Yeah,
1: could They They could sell out a stadium in Nashville? Um,
2: I don't know. Yeah. We'll uh, find out.
0: Apparently they are, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just want to thought, I mean, I know here, but I didn't know about their, their popularity.
2: Well, they've, yeah. they've been on the radio since, what, the 80s. The tw- people in their 20s still yeah. like them and people who are in their 50s still like them, so... It's a pretty wide variety of people
0: that should be on the show. It's, yeah, one of those bands that kind of uh, covers the spectrum. Everyone, the band everyone can agree upon. Okay, so now we get to number 54. I think probably my favorite Halloween song is Streakback's Nemesis. I don't know if you knew this song but I, I I did not I love this oh. how are you with Halloween song I'm sure you're a metal guy you must love uh, a few Halloween songs but uh, you know like Alice Cooper
2: we play lots of Halloween music every Halloween at the station do you
0: play shriekbacks nemesis
2: um, we have not so far well you I can
1: think add it this year
0: <laughs> I think 2022 we're gonna hear a little uh shriek back Angel, all the
3: senses. And love has no meaning It's not that simple. Very little food is
0: forbidden. Sometimes we wobble, sometimes we're strong. But you know, evil is an exact science. Be
2: carefully correct.
0: can I make a request I'd like to request freak back please <laughs> Let's go to what we need we need a little in excess this is number 53 in excess what you need You must have known this song and you must have loved oh, it Oh absolutely Okay
2: I, I loved it song and that was another song that seems like it made it onto rock radio as well as alternative radio
0: Yeah they were a crossover band This
1: was- one made it to number 5 here
2: it's, yeah. it's amazing maybe four or five years ago there was a new um, album by in excess with obviously a new singer but didn't really do much
0: yeah, did
1: you hear it did you did you give it a
2: listen i did listen to it and i wasn't amazed
0: yeah they're i mean they constantly i know they had like a reality show of who tried to find a new lead singer for the
2: band michael Can't... hutchins was a great singer
0: Talk about live aid they, they played live aid in Australia they did like a, a performance there and the, they sang this song it's the best he actually had like one of those faux like um i, I don't know how you do, it was kind of like a mullet but it was shaved tight appropriate for the for 1985.
2: I need to go back and watch live aid again I'm sure it's on YouTube
0: oh yeah yeah you can pull up a lot of a lot of that stuff it's uh it's pretty amazing some of the performances you know they just kind of blow your mind and then as I mentioned, watching the Thompson twins, and then you know that's uh, there's Nile Rodgers, and then Madonna jumps up on stage to to sing with them. They sing Revolution, the Beatles' Revolution, quite a time. Did you like any of those uh, the charity songs, like uh, you know, Do They Know It's Christmas or We Are the World or anything like that?
2: I thought they were interesting to watch the video. Sometimes it was more fun to watch the video and try to name each person on there <laughs> than it was to listen to the song, but. It was, it was entertaining. It was good stuff. And they meant well, so. <laughs> they meant yeah. that.
0: Yeah, that was back when we could identify each singer. I, I remember trying to play that game. Okay. Who's coming in? Who is that? Who is that? Okay. Let's move on. Number 52. This is an artist called King. And there's no way you know this song. This is.
2: <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know who the artist was. So I had to look it up.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this was uh, Won't You Hold My Hand Now. He had another song that's. That's. Further on up the charts, that was a bigger song that actually made the charts. But this was a guy. Based, his last name was King, and that's why they called him. That's why they call his band King. This guy was actually a, a, a VJ on MTV for a short period of time. Yeah,
1: Dave, did you remember it?
0: Yeah, I did. And it's kind of yeah. catchy. I mean, when you say, won't well, you know, as you say the title, I hear the, yeah. you know, the two, <laughs> the melody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you hold my hand now. It's, yeah, you know.
1: like this. It was just eighties. It was cool. yeah, quintessential eighties. These are heaven times So why'd you show your hand? i tell me kiss and tell I'm such a jealous man okay but wait speaking of of hair did you watch the video yeah did you is that a ponytail in the back of his mullet
0: it could have been I, I again <laughs> I look on Wikipedia and on Wikipedia it says that Paul King wore what some believe was a mullet but in reality was just long hair mullet and spray painted Doc Martin boots and a look described like the child catcher from Chitty Chitty bang bang if you remember the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and the the evil guy who kidnapped the kids do you remember no but i'm no. getting blank stares from both of you didn't you watch Chi chi bang bang they're okay. good oh
1: when i was younger
0: all right anyway it's uh, it was not a good look but <laughs>
1: that sounds like a, a wikipedia doesn't usually express such harsh opinions or such detailed opinions
0: you could put anything on wikipedia <laughs> okay you might know this there was another king there was a guy called king he was a norwegian musician he's a bassist in the black metal band Gorgoroth. Do you remember them?
2: I remember the name. I don't remember the band.
0: <laughs> okay. King was in that band. Of go- a different King. Gorgoroth. That's a black metal band. Are you a fan Gore-Goroth? of Gore-Goroth. Gorgoroth? Gorgoroth. G O R G O R O T H.
1: I need to know this band.
0: Get, how how deep did you get into metal music? Did you get into black metal at all? Can you listen to that?
2: Um, I actually went and saw King Diamond in concert. Oh, okay. And uh, Merciful Fate was kind of black metal. It yeah. was a band that he yeah. was in before before he broke up and mixed solo. I, I, I liked the music and I liked his voice. Um, I'm not really into Satanism or anything like that, but <laughs> the music the music was really good.
0: Open so. your mind, Keith. Come on.
2: to satanism
0: yeah you know there's there's different ways the grammy museum they had a metal section for a while and there was a booth where you got to sing like a death metal singer so they gave you the lyrics and then you had to try and scream them out and like after 30 seconds i was like i can't i just can't do this that cookie monster voice
1: that'd be fun
0: oh it was very fun but it just it killed my throat i could not do it
1: you could do karaoke. You could do some metal karaoke.
0: Death metal karaoke could be fun. I yeah. I might be into that. Next concrete music conference, we'll do that. Let's wrap this up with the uh, sexy time. This is Brian Ferry's <laughs> "Slave to Love." First of all, you mu- you you know Brian Ferry. You know Roxy Music, right? You you still play yeah, that you love, play that I stuff love. on play it on
2: Lightning? Actually, I don't think we have any in our catalog. What? I was a big Roxy Music fan. Yeah, they always had great album covers yes and, uh, <laughs> hypnosis was the company that made their albums and they always had you look at their album covers they'd always have like beautiful women on there but there was something messed up in the picture and you'd have to look really close and then you go whoa what's that all about
0: <laughs> yeah like the gum yeah there i remember the yeah, there, yeah. There was always something a little mu- amusing or just a little off roxy music and ohio players i believe had the best album covers if i remember correctly
2: Oh. <laughs> Back then, you would buy an album sometimes just because the cover was so good. You're probably thinking the music is going to be good too. That's me.
0: that's right. They put this much thought into the album and cover. The music's got to be. Hopefully, it'll be just as good.
2: You're programmed to believe it. What? Is it really so?
0: <laughs> Slave to Love is like uh, you know that's that's sexy time. Is that uh, something you might put on?
2: I will listen to whatever the girl is like.
0: Okay. Once again, you will li- you will put on Duran Duran if you have to.
2: There you go. <sighs> Take one
3: for the team. The, way, the usual place
0: To the tide and wind And there's no escape
1: Did you play Roxy Music or Brian Ferry back in the day?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Lots yeah. of songs by them.
0: Keith, I really appreciate you uh, going over this uh, these 10 songs, even though this was a new experience for you, a lot of uh, introducing you to a lot of new music, apparently.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it'd be interesting if you ask my opinion about songs from five years ago. <laughs> because, or 10, even 10 or 15, but these songs were songs that for the most part did not get played I mean, the, the um, Brian Ferry and the um, the Excess songs were multi-format songs, but back then, like I said, we didn't have the cool alternative station that played a lot of these songs. I mean, you, you grew up listening to K-Rock. That's pretty, you're pretty blessed, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: We do recognize it, and we talk, when we talk to people all over the country. It's it is interesting for us to hear who played what, because as we know, some of the things from the like we've talked about Oingo Boingo, which was huge, was huge in Los Angeles. You know, not so big in New York. And it's say, interesting for us to hear, get perspective.
0: And same with metal music. I mean, it was, we were lucky that we we got to. I mean, and everything. Yeah, we had we had KNCC. We could listen to metal at any time. Was the West Coast, East Coast, but there really wasn't a, a Midwest. I don't know. Was there some local bands, some local metal bands that you were into in Nashville?
2: Uh, yes, there was a band called Intruder that were signed to Metal Blade back in the late '80s, early '90s. But other than that, there there was a, a rock scene. I mean, there was a lot of bands, but most of them never made it, never made it big, or never even made it out of regional touring. Okay,
1: wait, I have a question. I'm pivoting. you Because you mentioned old school rap. Did you? What did you think of the Super Bowl halftime show?
2: I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, it's music that, you know, people like, people my age, they they know all the words, they you know all the songs, and it's cool to see it on TV, and most of the players probably listen to that music as well. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to see the response of some of the people on Facebook and on Twitter that I didn't like it, and it was like, what is there not to like? It was amazing. and Some people just closed-minded, I guess.
0: Hopefully uh, hopefully you'll see your Vikings there
2: one day. Hopefully they'll get Metallica to play.
0: There you go. What's the best barbecue in Nashville?
2: I'm vegetarian, dude.
0: Oh, in Nashville? Is that possible?
2: It is now. It was difficult back in the 80s because Southern cooking has everything it has Like lard Lard. or bacon or something in it, but nowadays there's a lot of independent restaurants that have opened here. Nashville's actually a kind of a foodie town now.
0: That's phenomenal. How long have you been a a vegetarian?
2: I grew up vegetarian. Is that right? My parents were vegetarian.
0: Is that vegetarian? Is it vegetarian or or have you tried veganism?
2: Um, I love cheese too much.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. We all have weaknesses. That's fine.
1: Yeah, cheese. Uh, cheese for lunch.
0: Yeah. Just cheese and cheese. Just cheese for lunch. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time uh, with us, and uh, especially at work, and I'm a big fan. Loved your stuff. Uh, still, from se- was it 7 to 11 every Monday through Friday?
2: Monday I'm on from 8 until midnight, but Monday through Friday, and then Sunday I'm on from 8 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. We only have like five DJs at the station, so...
0: Has it been music director of the year, like five years running? How many years straight has it been?
2: No, not not five. I think I've won three different times. Three, okay. The station has won five years in a row. Yeah. Congratulations. The station of the year. That's odd. That's huge. You
0: guys are doing something right. Just yeah. killing it every time. So, we
2: play lots of local music and we play lots of new music. So.
1: We'll expect to hear some of these 10 songs added to a music ever here and there.
0: I will request uh, Shriek back in, uh, in come October. I really appreciate you taking the time out and, and spending it with us. So, uh, as always, a joy to see you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah.
1: And very nice to meet you.
0: All right. Nice, nice. All right. Cheers. We'll see you around. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. So, that was our talk with the Reverend Keith Coase, he of Nashville, Tennessee's Lightning 100, that is in Nashville. I also learned that he's a vegetarian. I can't believe someone in Nashville is a vegetarian. It just uh, blows my mind.
1: And he's into heavy metal.
0: (laughs) As one should. So a
1: heavy metal vegetarian?
0: Yeah, just a, a guy who fell in love with radio at an early age. And even if he wasn't a student at Vanderbilt, he still wanted to be heard, so gotta spin those platters right
1: or as tammy heidi says the platters that matter
0: yes indeed go rev so that was another wonderful episode thank you holly thanks to pantheon Podcasts, and we will be back next friday with another superstar music fan i don't know who knows who we're gonna talk to but uh we're doing this in 10 song chunks and new episodes come out every friday
1: we will be back next week with somebody interesting you can be sure of that
0: Okay. Uh, follow us on social media where can they follow us on social media Holly
1: you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WDDIM podcast and Facebook at WDDIM podcast and on our YouTube channel what difference does it make podcast check us out we have hundreds of clips on there from our past interviews
0: yes very good stuff So, after you do that, like and subscribe and do all that fun stuff. Uh, We'll see you next Friday. Until then, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.